So the key when I talk about influence is just being. How can you be? How can you show up in life? Are you showing up exactly as you want to show up? Mm-hmm. Don't worry about other people. What is it that you are doing with your life? Because you know what? The days and years that are gone are gone. Catch that moment. Thank you for listening to the Guys Who Do Stuff podcast. Visit guyswhodostuff.com. You probably shouldn't Google that. I'm Joe. I'm Josh, everybody. This is Guys Who Do Stuff podcast, where we help you get unstuck, tell a better story, and have a good answer to the question, what are you doing today? We're very excited to have our guest, Divya Parikh. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here with Josh and Joe. Well, thank you very Lovely. much. Divya has 20 years experience in different roles as in business positions, coach, influence, mastery advisor, a speaker. Her passion for coaching and her sincere desire to make a positive impact led her to develop effective evidence-based leadership and partnership programs. She's an eight-time number one international best-selling author, in-demand motivational speaker, and she's guided many entrepreneurs, CEOs, and management professionals to their next level. Just start by telling us a little bit about yourself. All right. Do you want Reader's Digest version or the whole story of my life? Well, <laughs> let's, let's start with give Reader's us, Digest and we'll get in. Sports Illustrated version. <laughs> there we go. Let me start out with this. You know, since I was a child, I was very much interested in science, mm-hmm. like how things work and just very curious to my mom's misery, of course. And as I grew up, you know, I went into biochemistry, loved knowing how people's minds work and how the emotions work. How does the body work? And the body is such a fantastic, complicated piece of machinery. Went into biochemistry, from biochemistry went into research, had big dreams of coming up with medications that would save people's lives. Then moved into biopharmaceuticals where I was part of the machine where we were very fortunate. I was fortunate to lead multi-million dollar projects, creating life-changing medications. And so many times, you know, we would work over the weekends, because science doesn't stop. Living biology continues. And just knowing that there was somebody at the end of that whole chain waiting for that medication and that would make a difference, yeah, just made the whole of difference. Moving from that came 2008, economy took a downturn, tumble, a lot of my friends were walked off at a moment's notice, and then that just touched me. Mm. Something about it. And I decided to move into another direction, into coaching. And from coaching, as they say, rest is history. <laughs> and here I am with you all today. When you decided to to move over into coaching, you mentioned it was kind of this transitionary position in your life. What was motivating you to get into coaching from science? They're not completely different fields, but they're different applications. They're different applications, but one common thread is people. Mm-hmm. And what I used to find is that even while I was in pharmaceuticals, I had this beautiful relationship with people. Didn't matter whether it was C-suite leaders or whether it was people in trenches, I was able to connect with them. People would seek me out. Mm-hmm. And also I was part of a program like, you know, where I would do like, you know, meditation classes, helping people relieve their stress and just kind of like, you know, goal setting classes. I was always kind of into that leadership area. Yeah. And basically when I saw my friends being walked off, you know, because when you work for several years together, they become your family. Yeah. So to me, it was more about people 
than anything else. And surprisingly, skills get transferred. So folks, you know, like, you know, if you're thinking of becoming an entrepreneur, don't think that what you're bringing from your previous industry will not transfer over. It can transfer over beautifully. And uh, when your focus is on people, then it's not a transition. It's just a curiosity, right? Curiosity how people's emotions work, how people's chemistry works, how we can make things better for them. Same thing in coaching, that it's about making people's lives better. Were you you nervous that the skills weren't going to transfer? Was there a moment where you're like, "Uh uh-oh, I'm starting in this whole new thing? Well, here's what I'll tell you. It was not a total transition where I just kind of jumped into the deep end. Yeah. I took my time, you know, while I was in the corporate world, I kind of put in a transition plan. And as I put in a transition plan, there was like, okay, let's get a degree in coaching and let's establish the business. In the in the coaching world, what mentors did you find in your life? Oh gosh, I've been so fortunate to have worked with top class leaders. So I've had a chance to go through different programs like Brian Tracy. Brian Tracy is one of my heroes, Marshall Goldsmith, and several other people that I would say that you know had the fortune to learn from directly. Just fantastic people, very humble people. And mm-hmm. They walk the path of humility and who believe in making a difference and impacting other people. What do you think is the most impactful lesson that you've learned from a mentor? One of the biggest lessons that I've learned, because I've believed that I'm a lifelong student and I'm continuously learning day-to-day basis. It's just so much to learn. Like every day you find out how much you don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. So it's true. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Oh, interesting. So one of the lessons that I learned was learning and improving, just being open. And so Eckhart Tolle, I've not met him personally, like, but per, you know, I've followed him for quite some time in mindfulness. And it kind of coincided with what I had learned when I was back in India, when I was a child, you know, I was, as my parents say, I was very rambunctious and <laughs> troublemaker. So one of my cousins knew meditation and he said, okay, you know what? All these kids, you know, they're making so much ruckus. Let's get them together. Let's calm them down and just kind of like uh, hone their energy and basically learn meditation from there so that meditation and mindfulness came together. Mm-hmm. And mindfulness is one of the biggest things that I've learned. Yeah, we could all learn more about that, couldn't we, in the States? I would say mindfulness goes everywhere. 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 Yes. Not just the States. What am I thinking? <laughs> <laughs> we are all human beings. We are after all, all human beings. <laughs> We love talking to business owners, and uh, and we've got the opportunity to interview some fantastic people from the area. It's been a learning experience, a little bit like you're describing, and I was wondering if you could tell our audience, what do you think is the most critical skill that business owners today need to succeed? I see you're holding your new book. I wonder if that says something to do. <laughs> that is a nice-looking book. Very nice-looking. Well, Well, start by telling us a little bit about your latest book. Absolutely. So one of the things I will say is about becoming an influencer. The reason I say is that, again, I'm going to go back to the same thing. There's no one skill that brings it all. It's a multitude of skills, just like there's a spectrum of colors that makes one rainbow. Similarly, there are different skill sets that make you a whole entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. The reason I talk about influencer is that so many times, you know, especially in this, my new book, the reason I wrote was that Now we are talking about either, you know, you have to be this rock star or you got to be a sports athlete. 
somebody who's a great football player kind or a basketball player. The new definition of a social the new media definition. influencer. Or yeah. you are somebody like Kardashians, you know, who, mm-hmm. who you have like a million following, you do one tweet or one Instagram post and right. everybody follows. So what I wanted to do is that bust that myth. Don't leave it to somebody else. It's almost like, you know, owning it. We are just not here to kind of live through. Each and every one of us has more responsibility to ourselves. And also we have a responsibility to others. And now you may say, I don't have money. You know, I don't have education. How can I be an influencer? And I'm just going to share. You can just give a smile to a stranger. When you smile, there are proven studies that show that you're going to release happy chemicals. When you smile, you're giving benefit to yourself as well as you're making somebody's day. And one of my favorite stories that I love to tell, and maybe your audience may have heard in one of the other podcasts that I may have shared, but I'm just going to share that again. There was this gentleman, American gentleman, flying to Japan. You know, it was his first time, and his promotion was banking on it. And this is a story I read in Reader's Digest. Mm -hmm. And his flight gets delayed, and he knows that Japanese don't like people being late. So he's fretting over it. He has not had time to take a break, just kind of shaves quickly, you know, quick change of clothes, and he's rushing through the airport. He's tired, you know, it's a jet lag and all that. And he doesn't know whether the deal will go through or not. He sits down in a cab, and the cabbie does not know English. The gentleman gives him a piece of paper with the address. He looks at it, and he looks at... So the cab driver looks back at this gentleman and sees that he's frantic. And just for that split second, their eyes meet, and the cab driver just smiles at him. And that smile, there was just something to it. It's mm-hmm. almost like, you know, I care for you. Just chill. Everything will be okay. The gentleman smiled back, relaxed back, and said, you know, I did what I could. I did travel early, a day earlier, but something happened, and flight got canceled. And that made him relax. As he went to the company, he was greeted by the interpreter and the Japanese leaders, and things worked out, deal was closed. So folks, that one smile can make a difference, and you can be an influencer. So it's about taking that responsibility that, yes, I want to be happy. It's your responsibility to your life to be happy. Mm -hmm. Because we do so many things, right? Why do we listen to podcasts, or why are we going for movies? We do all that to be happy. So why not integrate little things in life that will bring joy in your life yeah. and you'll bring joy to others? So well, I love the concept of what you're yeah. talking about. I feel like the way that the word influencer has been used and applied to social media as something that's like an aspirational goal, like maybe I can be an influencer one day. And the the challenge that, that I have with it is it all seems so very fake. Like the way social media presents itself as like this curated version of your life. And so you think in order to make it, you have to be at, you know, like a party on a yacht and everything's just perfect and glossy and the photo's like awesome. But we don't see, they probably got a team of people that spent, you know, 20 hours trying to get that shot so they could make that post. I've read a study and I can't remember where I saw it. The gist of it was that it is becoming more and more popular for kids in my kids' generation, your kids to want to be an influencer when they grow up and less about sports stars and less about movie star. I want to be YouTube famous. I want to be Instagram famous. And it's another way of saying like, I want to be an influencer. 
And I wonder what what are your what's your take on that? What do you think that's doing to our culture? That whole understanding of that version of influencer. You know, every generation because I do a lot of multi generational mm-hmm. courses and multi generational workshops and multi generational teaching. Every generation brings its own set of things, and every generation thinks, "Oh my goodness, this has come." Sure, it's yeah. going to like TV create- ruined everything, <laughs> radio ruined everything, <laughs> exactly, books ruined everything. <laughs> If that's what they aspire to, that's fine. But what I think is the key is to bring our human values back. And that's the reason I wrote the book that, yes, if that's what you aspire, if that's what you like, go for it. But yet at the same token, take what you want to aspire to and bring humanity back into it. Bring that human to human connection back into it. Bring that relationships back into it. Because you know what? Ultimately, it's... No matter what we say, <laughs> we're all humans. And yes, we are homo sapiens and we say we are human beings, but it is what I say is that be a human and it's hard to be a human being. So I could say to Joe, what's up, homo? And that just means homo sapiens. <laughs> <laughs> you should finish I, the word, I think. <laughs> no, nah, it's homo. You're never too busy to finish the word. <laughs> I'm not going to get into that. <laughs> <laughs> you've gotten the opportunity to do a lot of business coaching and talk to a lot of different business owners throughout your career. The Small Business Administration defines a small business as doing 35.5 million or having 300 or less employees. 1,500 1500. is is the new definition. And that's small business. And you think about it, like there's big businesses that make that seem very, very small. And so that is in comparison, very small. I know for myself, normally when I think small business, I think small businesses in carry like the ones that are kind of the backbone of the community. I'm wondering, have you noticed any trends in the behavior of people that you talk to that seem to indicate this person is going to be a success or this person is going to be a failure? Great question. So here's what I'll say. Yes, there are trends. There are a lot of people who think that I'm passionate, I'm going to jump into business, Mm -hmm. and this is a hard truth. Passion alone does not make a business successful. So the trend, one of the trends I've seen is that passion is enough. And let me tell you, passion is what keeps you going through tough times. Mm -hmm. But how big is your passion? What is your why? And what I've found is that if your why is big enough, it will take you through anything. And one of the trends that I've noticed is that, you know, a lot of people kind of jump in, but then I'm sure you know about the statistics that more than 90% of businesses fail. And the reason it fails is that preparation and planning has not gone in. Okay, what are the pitfalls going to be? I'm going to set up a business. What does the market want? Mm -hmm. So many times what happens is people think that, oh, I have the product and it's a great product and I'm going to put it out there and people will want it. Now, especially the consumer has become so smart. You know, they'll go and see whether you have reviews or not. Yeah, reviews has totally changed the way we shop, for sure. Exactly. And what are other people saying? Or, you know, even if you're a known entity. So there is that whole of that element that sometimes is missing. Mm -hmm. It's it's all about looking at business as a business. Have you noticed the people that they'll tell you, if you ask them when you're consulting with them, what's your why? And they tell you and you're like, oh, that's not big enough. Like what are, is money a big enough why? Here's what I'll say. Coming from a place of mindfulness, if money is your big why, as long as you're not conning other people, mm. you know, that money has. So for personally, I have certain set criteria who I'll work with. I do not work with everyone. Mm-hmm. 
for me, yes, money can be a big why. But again, what are the intentions behind the money? Sure. Yeah, if I've it, heard it said money's amoral. It doesn't care if you spend it on a brick to build an orphanage or a brick to throw through somebody's window. Or a cocaine brick. <laughs> or a cocaine <laughs> brick, sure. Yeah, it's amoral. From a motivation standpoint, because I love that idea of like knowing your why and having a big why. And honestly, like I'm struggling with it a little bit now. I'm in some coaching classes and and um, I kind of have this look on my face when I'm thinking and the person leading the class was like, you mind putting that on loudspeaker? Yeah. And I said, I just don't think I'm motivated enough by money. Because he was talking about like, if you do these things, then you can grow by 2x, 3x. And I don't know if that's <laughs> if that's really that exciting for me to 2x or 3x. And I think that, but what I was realizing, I think is what you're saying, is that I didn't I didn't define my why well enough. Your why needs to be bigger than your butt, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> well, I say that, you know, your why needs to be bigger than anything else in your life. Your butt. Be- <laughs> your butt. We'll go with that. We'll go with that. And because it's not the what. Mm-hmm. It's not the how. Yeah. It's the why. That's going to help you do what it takes yeah. to mm. get things done. I love it. There is a tenacity that you need. There's a grit that you need. And that's kind of the glue for the grit. Because like when times get hard, and pretty much we've heard this from everybody that's been on, like when times get hard, you need that why to help you get through that season. Because otherwise you're like, I could just go work a job. I could go work for somebody else if it's just about the paycheck. If it's if it's about what you do with the paycheck or the freedom that having working for yourself provides, that's that's the thing that's going to maybe help you get through that season. Clarity is the thing. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, I heard you say maybe, maybe this, maybe that. There is no maybe. It's a very, very definite, you know it. Yeah. I will share a story about one of my clients right now. And she has a beautiful little dog, a Yorkie. And uh, she has this message of spreading love. Her upcoming book's name is Marley's Dream. And she just has this passion. So she's from Canada and she's reaching out to different TV show people and just calls them up and picks them. And because she believes in that and wherever this little Marley, uh, little Yorkie dog, wherever she goes, you know, she's attracting people and she says that, you know, I want to spread the love. It's almost to a point where you become shameless. So for example, I'll share that, you know, I have uh, some of the profits from my book go to kiva.org. So that gives me the why. I'm going to share another story. So there was this uh, wonderful lady, I uh, do not recall exactly, in one of the Southern American countries. And, you know, from the books, let's say it's part of the loan. Kiva.org is a microfinancing organization Mm -hmm. and they provide loans. She got a loan to make her baskets, little thing. But that changed her whole life. It changed her family's life. So many business owners hate marketing. Mm. So many business owners hate selling. And I'm no different than anybody else. But when I have that why that I know that, you know, if these profits are coming in and it's going to change not only that one woman entrepreneur's life, but it's going to change her whole family. Mm -hmm. And it's going to change their whole trajectory so then, you know what? It makes me totally shameless when I'm sharing my book with somebody. Yeah, I say that you buy a book and build a business. So the reason I donate to Kiva.org, and a lot of people ask me that, you know, why don't you donate to any other charities? I say that, you know, when you're donating, when you're investing in an entrepreneur, 
you're building a team, you're building a community because that entrepreneur is going to go create jobs. It's going to be not only their families, but it's going to be business growing. And similarly, like you said, that when you asked me that, what is the definition of small business to meet those mom and pop stores? Yeah. So like New York is one of my hounding places, so to speak. I lived in New York for some time. And even now when I go and visit New York and there are these mom and pop's bagel places where I used to go when I was a student, you know. And they're not there anymore. They're no, dropped they're off. there. There's they're some still of them there. Are, they're still them. there. Yeah. And a couple of them still know me. And like you kind of oh. go there yeah. and they greet you. That That's to me, yeah. that's like business. That's you know? gold. Yeah. yeah, That's gold. That's so where humanity meets business. That sort of thing. Humanity meets business. So that's why having that clarity, like, you know, what is your why? Because when it is then that conviction, yeah. That conviction leads to that marketing that makes you stand out. It's not about convincing. It's just influencing. You're just living your life by example. What are some of the keys to helping people find a good why? Is it specificity? Does it need to be a very specific why? Good question. It does not have to be a specific why. It's just something that makes you spring out of the bed in the morning. So, for example, I look forward to every single day because I know that you know the work I do. Mm -hmm. One of my other clients' book that's coming out, she is a hypnotherapist, and she's writing for people with fibromyalgia. Okay. And she has so much to offer. And, you know, she and I were talking, and she's like, oh, I want to help people. Like, these people who have got these chronic fibromyalgia pain, and I have helped people go from, like, not having any life at all to going and playing with kids and walking around, going on the PTA or going back to work. So think about it. It's it's that essence. It's very hard to define, Joe. Yeah. It's something that makes your heart sing. It's just like, okay, you know, like now you can see that I'm so passionate, like I'm all excited that I'm part of that machine. Right. Where I'm going to be helping somebody make a difference in somebody mm -hmm. else's life. I will not know who our readers are going to be or what the impact is going to be, but it's that ripple effect. Yeah. It's just not having everything so tangible, but knowing the possibility. I always say that possibilities are endless. Just open up. Yeah. We've heard this message before. It's not new, but it's how much more relevant is it even moving forward with the social media causing people to be so self-centered and comparing and all this, this really seems to continue to be the antidote to seek purpose, seek why, and how you can help the world and do things and influence things. And I'm sure that why could also influence or uh, help form your what you're doing on the surface, right? So what you're doing on the surface is not Kardashianing it and selfieing it. You're going to do it's going to help your character form, isn't it? Starting from the why. Starting from the why. And another thing I want to like kind of bring to a point is when we talk about Kardashian or something like that, bringing that mindfulness. If that's what they're doing and if that's what they desire to do it's okay we accept everyone and i'm not saying condoning anyone okay if you have your values stand by it but at the same time if somebody else is doing it it's okay that's that whole thing because think about it if kardashians are doing that that's probably got a whole industry if there are some bags mm -hmm. so like gucci yeah. bag i don't go around with a gucci bag I'll go to TJ Maxx, pick up something that's very functional. But think about it. What goes behind it? How many people are employed? Just not looking at the surface and going beyond that. And also, like, when we talk about social media, you know, our impression is that, oh, it's all just, uh, you know, these uh, pictures and all that. But think about it. 
this podcasting and this technology is also part of the social media. And I'm going to mm-hmm. take this podcast. We are going to put it on social media. So it's again bringing values in everything that you do. Yeah. So I'll t- share another story. Like I just put out post where, you know, it's very challenging, something that some people may not like. So for just for example, on my Facebook post today, I put out about ego. And some people may not like it and they're like, oh, what the heck is she talking about? I want to be unfiltered. This show is produced at Podcast Carry, a professional studio making podcasting simple and fun. Located in Vibe Coworking in Cary, North Carolina. Want to start a podcast to create great content for your business and establish yourself as a thought leader in your city? Go to podcastcarry.com, connect with your audience, grow your brand. So the key when I talk about influence is just being. How can you be? How can you show up in life? Are you showing up exactly as you want to show up? Mm-hmm. Don't worry about other people. What is it that you are doing with your life? Because you know what? The days and years that are gone are gone. Catch that moment. What are some of the, the main things that get in people's way? It's validation. If I post this, what will other people think? Mm-hmm. That's one of the key things. That's one of the biggest things that comes into people's way. Then... Also, is like, what is my self-worth? So self-worth and self-esteem are two different things. What I have to offer is that something that's worth to somebody else. And I've seen that time and time again, especially for authors, you know, as they write, you know, they call about writer stuck. That what I'm putting out there is that something, and again, if you kind of go back to it, you know, it goes back to fear. What if somebody critiques me? I'm putting a piece of my soul out there. Again, going back to human values. So for example, like, you know, how you guys are doing, like now you're like, okay, you know what? I'm creating this podcast. My goal is, yes, first goal is to serve other people. And while you're serving other people, I always say there's nothing wrong with having good relationship with money. And that's one of the things I go into details into my another book, The Entrepreneur's Garden. So when I talk about having relationship with money is that it's okay to have money. It's okay to have the quality lifestyle you deserve. Mm-hmm. If you like Porsche, go for it. If you want Lamborghini, go for it, buy it. That's totally okay. So money is not evil. A lot of, so that's another myth I want to bust. Money is not evil. It's what you do with it. It's what your intention behind it that can change your whole life. Yeah, absolutely. The intention behind it can be greed, which is selfishness. The intention behind it can be philanthropy. If I may just kind of stop you right there. So I want to call it selfish wisdom. So that's one of the things that I always talk about. It's okay to have a good life. Mm -hmm. See, so many times what we do is it's either or. No, It's okay to have a good life. It's okay to drive a good car. It's okay to have a good vacation. It's okay to have that joy in your life if those things are bringing joy for you. And now you can also help others combine the two. And here's the beauty of it. When you're helping others, I do not recall exactly the name of gentleman, but I think so. his name is Richard Davidson. He's one of the neuroscientists, leading neuroscientists, and our brains have four different sections. And one of the sections, it is completely wide on its own, is to be generous and kind. So if you're being generous, I say you're being selfish. 
because it's going to help you also. So it's selfish wisdom. Selfish wisdom. Doing good obviously is going to help you out. You're going to feel great about it. You're going to be rewarded um, just emotionally in, in the way that you feel about yourself. You can't possibly do a selfless act. You got I it. I think it was an episode of Friends. They were trying to do, <laughs> Phoebe was trying to do selfless. a selfless act. Yeah. And every yeah. time she would try to do something selfless, she would get like, she would feel great about it or something. Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's other people benefiting from it as well. So it's also including other people, right? Yeah. So yeah. Absolutely. Unlike a purely selfish act. But that's fascinating. There's a whole section of your mind that if you don't use it, you don't, you don't get that. It doesn't grow. Benefit. Mm-hmm. So you seem like a very happy, upbeat person. What do you think are some of the daily disciplines that you have in place that you feel have set you up for success in your life? So one thing I got to say is that there's something about morning. Morning? Yes. Early morning? Early morning. So for people like who are late night owls like me, I'm a late night owl. What is your zone of genius? And when I say zone of genius is that figure out time and the whole day that works for you. Where you can take a walk, sit with a journal, meditate. Yeah, where your brain works beautifully, you know, because everybody has like so many people are not early birds. Yeah. yeah. They get up, they got to have that cup of coffee. So have that cup of coffee, but create that time. Whether it is 10 minutes of listening to Mozart or 10 minutes of listening to rap, whatever gets you going. And one of the things I highly recommend is, that's again going back to neuroscience from my biochemistry, you know, is write it down. Mm. Yes, people love digital. Have a notebook and a pen or a pencil, whatever you want. Write it down. Let's say if you're upset, write down those emotions. Validate them. No matter when your morning starts, 6 a.m. in the morning or 12 a.m. in the the morning or 10 a.m. in the morning whenever your morning starts create that time because that will set the tone for the day and it's almost like uh, declaring that intention that you know what i'm thankful mm-hmm. i got this day because hey guess guys i don't know about anybody else but i don't have any guarantees that i'm going to be live tomorrow so why not grab that moment so just kind of having that thankfulness and bringing that mindfulness so we can just kind of do one example. Are you okay to play with? Yeah. Josh and Joe. So, you know, we see this piece of wood right here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It used to be my old deck. Okay. <laughs> Very good. Oh, you already caught on the exercise. And think about it. What kind of wood is that? Cedar. Cedar. Okay. So before it came to your deck, where was it? I don't know where it would have been harvested. Lowe's? Probably Lowe's. Maybe. It so had stickers on it, but it wasn't Lowe's. Uh, okay, yeah. Home Depot or some local. Yep, someplace. Yeah. From yeah. there, where did it come from? Like some trucks? How many people's hands have touched? Go know. back. It probably like going back to Cyprus. And think about, you know, which forest or which woods it was in. Mm-hmm. It was hanging out with other trees. Yeah. There used to be breeze and maybe some squirrels ran up and down. Maybe woodpecker pecked on that or there were some other birds there you know it had seen several sunsets and sunrises and maybe thunderstorms hurricanes Mm -hmm. and where did that come from it probably came from a little seedling so what i'm trying to say here is that there is this connectivity 
we all are connected. And when I say, you know, human to human, none of us can do things on our own. We talk about independence. But when you look around, the chair that we are sitting on, the mic that has been created, it has been touched by so many people. Mm-hmm. So just finding that gratitude in the morning. Yeah. So creating that space, finding the gratitude, and then, okay, you know what? I'm able to live the life that I live mm-hmm. because of so many human beings. What can I do to show up today that will be joyful in my life? You know, you don't have to do anything else. Just be joyful. Just by you being happy, there are scientific studies that have shown that happiness is contagious. So if you are happy, one of your friends or family will be happy, and your friends or family, if they're happy, somebody else will be happy. So you don't have to do anything. Is the mirror of that true as well? If you're a bummer? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. Is that contagious? (laughs) Yes. I think you're right. When I don't, do that kind of exercise in the morning or I save it. I feel like I've wasted some bit of the yeah, day yeah. because I, and it's really hard to get it back to. Yes. Do you think that discipline of gratitude, is that something that is like a compounding effect like exercise? Let me explain what I mean. I'm guilty of like exercising in fits and spurts. I'll like work out and then I'll go to the mirror and be like, am I bigger? And that's just not how exercise works, right? You're not going to do like one set and get bigger. Um, <laughs> Like it's, it's a compounding effect. You have to do it consistently over time and then it starts to yield results. Do you think that there's a cumulative effect to what you're describing too? Cause I'd be curious if people start this and try this and be like, you know, I tried, I woke up and I, I looked at the sun and I did the thing and I tried to be grateful and nothing. So I'm done. Absolutely. So Joe, if you recall what I said, do things that work for you, mm-hmm. do things that will bring you in zone of genius. So when I mean zone of genius is when you're at your absolute best, when you enjoy work, when you're in the flow, and when you are being extremely creative. So that's the reason, and so many people fail to continue things that they begin with because it's somebody else's formula. Mm -hmm. So the key is, again, knowing yourself. What is your personal formula? What gets you going? And that's what I said, you know, if it's about listening to rap, do that. If it's about going for a run, go for a run. If it's about going to the gym and picking up the dumbbells or do cross training. See what works for you. For me, if it's the middle of the day, for me, it's about getting on my mountain bike and going into the woods with my dog off the leash and just running with me in the forest. And then we sit, that's just so good. So good. But not in the morning, you know, (laughs) not in the morning In the morning is yeah something else, but his morning begins in the afternoon. So it's okay. So like kind of giving yourself that space, find yeah. out. Well, that's if I miss my morning, but okay. my morning is a <laughs> cup of coffee backyard throwing sticks for the dog. Lately, it's all about the puppy, but hey. it's given me joy. Yeah. Well, puppies you know? are adorable. Yeah. What kind of puppy? He's an English field cocker. Oh. So he's a hunting English spaniel. Oh, yeah. fantastic. He's a smaller dog, but his name is Tank. He's full of life. I like what, I like what you said about other people's formula as well. I feel like... So I started this year with some goals, and one of the goals was I was going to read 100 books, and I'm on pace. And it, and I said that like disappointed, not because it was like a humble brag, but I realized like after reading so many books this year that I was reading for quantity, not quality, and I'm making a tactical mistake, and I feel like I'm going to finish out my goal, but I feel like it would have been better to read like one book 12 times uh. than the approach that I'm taking now because yeah. I'm just getting all this like – and none of it's really – it's a lot of what I feel like what you're, what you're getting at there is like 
I've read a lot of other people's formulas and wondered if they wouldn't work for me. And that's in that vein. A lot of what I read is like business books in the business field. And they all seem to be missing that component. And I've talked about that before on the show. Like here's what I would do if I were me is the way a lot of these books are written. And then they're written like a formula that if you follow them, then you will be Tim Ferriss or you will be Brian Tracy or you will be. And they're, they can be written in a way that, seemingly misses that finding out what works for you. So how do you, how do you help people find out what works for them? Do you just challenge them to try a bunch of different stuff? Well, it's a whole coaching. So first thing what we do is like we figure out where they're at. Mm-hmm. It's really important to know where, what's your present position, like what's your current thinking. And then we go into details and find out what is it that they want? What is the true north? What is their why? So why is like a big part of it, you know, we'll go through, and I always say that if you want something, get rich quick. Or if you want something that can be done overnight, I'm not your gal. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well nobody is really. <laughs> you should have somebody you refer them to that you know, handles that. Yes. No, I would not refer because that would go against my value. So. Call Julie down the street. She can handle that. <laughs> and then we put a plan into place. We put milestones and we measure them because it's really important to have, I say, don't set goals. Because setting goals is just setting goals. It's about setting your red hot why. Mm. It's, and based on your why, we develop the whole vision and then the mission. Like, you know, yeah. Because to me, vision is strategies and mission is tactical. And if you kind of like back it down, if it's five years, three years, two years, one year, six months, and we have measurement matrix, and as you're going along, are you achieving your goals? And then also kind of building in room that if things happen. Yeah. So, so it, there's a whole lot to it. You know, so it's hard to describe here. Why do you uh, like, why do you not encourage people to set goals? For myself, a lot of the goals I set are way too long in the future. So they're just there. There's no celebration point, I guess is what I'm getting to. There's no like, yeah, I did it. Like you have to wait till the end of the year to find out if you did finish the goal. That's where those milestones come in because you're celebrating. Mm -hmm. See, mindfulness is being present in the moment. I even bring it down and break it down to day and even an hour because brain works on reward system. And I'm not saying not to set goals. What I'm saying is that first you've got to understand yourself. How are you setting your goals? It's not just for the heck of setting it. Mm -hmm. Define your vision. What do you want your life to be every single day? Mm -hmm. It's not something in future. Nothing is guaranteed in the future. Yeah. It's about like, if you have a strong foundation of today, right? then your future will be automatically built. It's taken care of. It's same thing like building a house. If you don't have a strong foundation, no matter how beautiful your rooms are and you may have stucco and you may have this Mediterranean ar- architecture or you're bringing fancy things from everywhere, if the foundation falls loose, your whole is going to come collapsing down just like a house of cards. Tell us about a, a situation in your life that, like a mistake that you feel like you've made or a, or a, an, some season that you had to live through that it could have really ended in your failure, but you stuck with it, you made the hard decisions, and now hopefully it's a distant memory. But what did you learn as a result of an experience like that? It's <laughs> made you who you are today. I have had so many failures. <laughs> And yeah, welcome to the club. <laughs> yes. If people say that, you know, they have not made mistakes and 
not had any failures, kudos to them. You yeah, know? I could have just started the question. You with you're a human. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, one example I can share with you is one of the marketing swap I did. We did a, and my partner in our early days, probably eight or nine years back, mm-hmm. or maybe more. I'm not sure. We did our first retreat. Beautiful workbook done, great material, and. We even talked with a few people and people said, oh, yeah, yeah, this is so great. You know, everybody's going to flock to it. And, oh, fantastic. We did some mailing and we did some marketing, like, you know, new business owners. Mm -hmm. So thrilled. We only got three people. (laughs) And then what we learned was that, okay, it was our product. It was not what the market wanted. Yeah. So that's one of my... I don't call it failures. I call it my stepping stone to success. And so how does that affect how you would launch a a retreat now? Oh, well, first thing is, what does market want? Yeah. That goes without saying. Do the market research. Give the market what the market wants. Absolutely. What systems or processes as an author have you put into place? So you've... I read in your intro that it was eight bestselling, and I see from your book that you handed me, it's now nine. So this one must have made it to the bestselling list. Yeah, so now that's a 10. Congrats. Oh, this is 10 now. Oh, yes. Congratulations. I love the cover of that book. That, it's very cool. Yeah. We'll put a, I'll put a link to it in the, in the show notes. Expert to influencer. It's a, is this the North Carolina ocean? I guess they're all kind of connected, aren't Could they? Could be. <laughs> they say don't judge a book by its cover, but for yours, I'm making an exception. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. I do want to read that. So as, as an author, kind of back to the question, what, what processes do you wish you would have put in place sooner? If you could kind of time machine your way back, that would make a big difference. It's Joe's favorite question, but he usually poses it like if you had the DeLorean, you know, from yeah, the from movie Back, back to the Future. To the future. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the, I need to make a little sound effect, but I'm worried we're going to get picked up for uh, copyright issues. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is that good for you? I feel like you guys teamed up on it and got it right. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. I'm just going to do a shameless plug here, man. Yeah, do it. Absolutely. Okay. Do it. So this book, folks, it's part of my program where I say buy a book and build a business. So some of the profits from this book does go to kiva.org where we help women entrepreneurs. I know, folks, I'm sitting with you guys, but just want to share. I'm we love <laughs> women. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so it goes to women entrepreneurs. And so far we have helped between my books and the books of some of the authors who have partnered up with me on sharing their profits with these women around like 65 to 70 women entrepreneurs. Yes, it may not seem a big number, but to me, one woman entrepreneur helped is a family helped, is a community helped. So going back to your question. So first of all, thank you, Joe and Josh, for letting me do that shameless plug. (laughs) (laughs) Is just connecting with somebody who knows what you've done. Yeah. Regardless whether you're an author or whether you are a business owner or even whether you're a professional, see who has traveled the road before. See who yeah. is where you want to be. And they will not be able to avoid all the mistakes, but they'll be able to help you avoid most of the mistakes. Yeah, And I find when I when I get the opportunity to meet somebody like that, what you're describing in my life, people are almost to a fault very generous with their time, very willing to share 
what they've learned. It's it's not like a secretive thing for people, really with no strings attached. Just like, I really hope this helps. But I guess what we learned earlier is that there's always a string attached. Probably makes them feel great. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Is there anything else you'd love to promote? Mm, yes, kindness. Find... That's my favorite thing anybody's ever said. <laughs> I know, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, if you could just smile at somebody or if you're in the traffic, let somebody in. Yeah. Or if somebody cuts you off. If you're listening in your car to this podcast right now, do it right now. Yes. Oh, so if you're in the middle of flipping somebody the finger, just turn it around to yourself. <laughs> Still the finger the yeah, other way. Yeah, just let them see it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Take it down, people. <laughs> you know, just take a minute and... Find that time, even if you do one kind act a week, just do it. Yeah. It's fantastic. What's going to be your kind act today, Josh? I'm going to smile. Like, you're always smiling. Really? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I'm going to smile more. (laughs) Very good. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Divya. It was a fantastic pleasure to speak with you. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you, Joe and Josh. You know, I loved being on your show. I appreciate it. Great. Thanks. We wish you all the best. Thank you. I wish you all the best, too. We love making this stuff for you. You can help us out by subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. Get unstuck, tell a better story, and have a good answer to the question, what are you doing today? This episode of the Guys Who Do Stuff podcast is made possible by Forerunner Media. Forerunner Media is a creative agency helping you reach your strategic goals through content creation for social media and other platforms. Clients include Porsche USA, BMW Motorcycles, HH Hunt, the North Carolina Bankers Association, The Price Company, and Link Business, just to name a few. For every handful of satisfied paying customers, Forerunner Media does a project absolutely free for organizations who are doing good for their communities. Contact josh.manning at forerunner.media today for more information. Forerunner Media, your content creation partner. Relevant Media Solutions believes that marketing is storytelling. They help take business owners from feeling scared that their ineffective website is losing business, embarrassed of their online presence, and worry that their customers are not finding them, to business leaders with a useful website that grows their business and sees customers return. Let them help you tell your story. Visit RelevantMediaSolutions.com today.